0: Don't let go of your passion. Don't let anybody put you down. Don't let anybody tell you you can't do it. If you feel it in your heart, follow your heart, follow your dream, and it will come true. You just have to be persistent and it will happen.
1: Welcome to The In Factor, conversations about how great entrepreneurs started, stumbled, and succeeded. I'm Rebecca White and our next guest is William Bramer, the director of Art Fusion Galleries, a pair of contemporary fine art stores based in Miami and St. Petersburg, Florida. He is also the artist of William Bramer Fine Art. His art, which can be defined as Abstract Expressionism, has been exhibited in major cities throughout the Americas, Europe, the United Kingdom, and Asia. Founded in nineteen ninety-nine, Art Fusion Galleries has represented thousands of emerging artists from around the world. Today I had the opportunity to talk with William about his life as an artist and an entrepreneur. I hope you enjoy this episode. William, thank you for joining us today on InFactor.
0: Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor.
1: Well, I'm really excited to have you here. I love artists. My mom, whose name, she recently passed away, but her name was Betty White. And really? yeah, great name, but she was an artist and also a businesswoman. She turned her art into business and it's a great story, but I have a special place in my heart for artists and you know, a lot of what I do with students, I do because I believe that entrepreneurship is valuable for students of all majors and especially from the arts but so you're the director of Art Fusion Galleries and it's a pair of beautiful stores and galleries in Florida in Miami and St. Pete so can you tell us a little bit about it the mission how it got started
0: Art Fusion Galleries started in 1999 two, year 1999-2000 so one of the old dogs on the block and I started in the Miami Design District when it wasn't Rodeo Drive on steroids, now it was then the Wild West. And you know, I decided to open up a gallery. The mission for Art Fusion Galleries is simply to serve as a springboard for young emerging, to not young but emerging to mid-career artists to springboard them into a, a career in the arts. And it started because when I decided to turn to my passion in painting, I realized that I had a lot of Setbacks, and it's difficult to be an artist and exhibit in galleries. It's difficult to have artists accepted into galleries, especially when you're an emerging artist or people don't know you it's It's a difficult situation and I studied business, I had hotels before and I had restaurants. My father encouraged me he actually forced me into studying business. Uh, he said, You can do whatever you want, but you cannot be a starving artist. He knew that I was talented or he knew that I had some creative juices, but he said. I don't care what you study, but you have to study business. So I did. I studied the fashion business. I, I studied at FIT in New York, and I did fashion buying and merchandising first. And then I went into, I hated the garment business. I wasn't, it wasn't good with it. it. was too much drama there. And so then I studied the culinary arts. I went to the New York Restaurant and Culinary Institute, which is an, was under the umbrella of NYU and I loved it in the sense that the plate was like the canvas and the food was like the paint and I was able to create art on a platter the business aspect was great because the food was almost like a nurturing thing from your mother or your your parents you know nurturing you with food and it had a whole great concept behind it and, and I was good with it and then I went and I did my apprenticeship in Europe After I graduated and I loved it, I worked in a lot of hotels. I lived in Europe for four years, but there in Florence, when I was in Florence, I really got so enamored by the museums and the arts that I said, I have to do this. This is my life. You know, when I walk into a museum and I see the arts, I really, I feel it. You know, I I feel it. So for many years, I worked in in the culinary arts and hotel business to satisfy my father and to, you know, do business. I was, I was very good in business. I had a very successful business, catering businesses, bar businesses, restaurant businesses. And then I went into the hotels in Miami Beach and had one, I sold it. I bought another one and then I sold that. And although I was successful in the business, I was very unhappy because I wasn't, I wasn't feeling that creative, that creative part of me. And I knew that I needed to do that in order to be happy. So when I sold my second hotel on South Beach, I told my dad, you know, I'm going to pursue, you know, what I've always wanted to do now. And he said to me, you know what, you can do whatever the hell you want, because now you can afford it. And now you have a business background. So, you know, I fought it. You know, it was a constant struggle and fight. Throughout my younger, you know, my younger days in business. And now, after 20 years of being in the art business, I realized that had it not been for him guiding me into that, I would have not been a successful artist or a successful business owner. I needed to have this. Art gallery business is a difficult business now more than ever, but it's a struggle. It's a luxury item that, you know, that it takes passion. One of the things that that this business takes a lot of passion for the arts. And so I have the same amount of passion for business as I do for art. And I think that's a great combination and therefore it's easy for me to represent artists, to sell art, to sell my art. I also come from a, from a point of view, when I meet an artist or when I'm representing an artist, I always ask myself, how would you like to be represented? What are the things that you require, me as an artist, require from a manager, a representative? And so that helps me to be a real good liaison between the artist, and the business. Most artists in my experience, the majority of artists, I've represented hundreds of artists in in my career. And for the most part, I want to say most artists are not business savvy.
1: Yeah. They're you know, just that- not
0: business savvy. And I've read a, a lot about it. And in a nutshell, it's really kind of a biological thing. It's the way your right and left brain work. And most artists and creative people their one of their sides of their brains is overdeveloped, and the logical side is underdeveloped It doesn't mean that you're not smart; it just means that it's not so easy to comprehend psychologically what it is when you're thinking and and it's, it's if you're an artist, you know the logic of business doesn't really fall too much into place and when you're a business person, you know it, it kind of the creative side kind of lacks back, and that's not exactly all the time but for the most part i find that artists are are not really business savvy people
1: yeah and you know my um, mom my mom was an artist and she was like you interested in a wide variety of different arts and art forms but she ended up as a florist and had a business in the small town i grew up in but one of her big challenges was always the business side that you pointed out and what She ended up dealing with that by hiring someone to really help her. But in your case, you provide a lot of those services to the artist. Can you tell us, how does an artist find you, and or do you find them, and how many artists do you represent with the galleries?
0: Okay, first of all, it's funny that you mentioned that your mom was a florist, because my dad had the flower shop at the Waldorf Pastoria for 40 years in New York City. Oh. And he was very creative, but a very good businessman. He had a very successful business for many years. So he was very creative, but he knew that the business was very important. You know, I do, I help the artists in so many different ways because not only do I represent and sell their works, but I also suggest You know, I give them suggestions on how to finish their works or what are the works that they have, but the ones that I represent, what works will sell better, what formats will sell better, you know, what subjects may sell better from a particular artist. How do artists find me? I don't solicit artists. I get between 100 and 150 submissions through our website a month from artists from all over the world, and I take pride in the fact that I look at every single submission. And I do that mainly because I remember sending submissions of my own in my early career, and a lot of the art galleries did not reply. So obviously I cannot take every single artist that submits the works, but I do suggest other galleries, if it's not art that I can represent, because I have a certain criteria for the art that I represent, and if it's not art that I can represent or it's not in our market or not the type of works that I think I can tell I try to recommend other galleries or other venues that they might pursue. Mm
1: -hmm. You're in your gallery right now. I can see it behind you. Our listeners can't, but what is the type of art? I know, and tell us about your art a little bit, and what type of art do you typically represent in your galleries?
0: I do have a wide selection of artwork, but all within the parameters of contemporary art. So we sell a lot of abstract works. We do sell figurative works. We don't sell traditional type works. It's not in my market to sell maybe, you know, a field with thoroughbred horses and, you know, the equestrian, you know, type of London English type of paintings. It's not in my market. Or, you know, landscapes that are very realistic or portraits that are very realistic. We have portraits, but pop art portraits and and different Mm -hmm. styles like that mostly contemporary works, only emerging to mid-career artists. I do not sell any prints. I do not sell any duclays. Duclays being copies of original pieces. I only sell original works. The value or the, not the value, the price points that I work with is anywhere between $500 to 25000 or $30,000, mm-hmm. not way over. And that and the pricing, and I help the artist with the pricing, my work is primarily, I have a very eclectic collections of works, because I I don't believe, and that was another reason why I had a hard time in the beginning, because I have, like today I want to make a sculpture, and tomorrow I want to do an abstract painting, and the next day I want to do some pop art. I am very prolific in the way that I work, and I like. To, I don't like to have my wings clipped. I don't believe artists should have their wings clipped. A lot of galleries are have the idea or the The way of being that you have to have a line, you have to follow that line. And that may be true in in some senses when your career is a little bit more advanced and you find your niche in the market. But when you're an emerging artist, you really have to experiment. And I find that for sales, if you have an artist that has 20 by 20 wall, to show their works and they have three specific types of works they're going to have a lot more possibilities of selling because they're going to be projecting to different types of clients 45 percent of my business it comes from interior designers so a lot of the works are should be neutral kind of abstract whereas they're they're not political or religious i don't have any political or religious works in the gallery so i'm kind of like switzerland very neutral in, mm-hmm. <laughs> in everything that we sell i have in my work you know I, a lot of artists tell me that i sell out doesn't matter to me i pay the rent i do very well and a lot of artists say to me you know you're selling out because an interior designer may come and bring me a floor plan with colors and different furnishings and tell me create something for this environment and i do I'll create something that matches the carpet, that has the colors of the sofa and that, you know, kind of brings things and harmonizes together. It's painting. It's my work. I love to do it. And I make good money out of mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. A lot of the artists that I have will do the same thing. And I, again, I serve as a liaison between the clients or the designers and my artists. Now, um, your artists, ID, do you sorry, have
1: me? artists from around the world? Or are they I mostly- do.
0: I do like behind me you'll see the painting that's behind me is a polyptych being many panels i think there are 20 panels form one piece and that this artist is from sardinia like i said from italy his name is stefano sana and i was what the first gallery that represents him here in the us and now i have him here in winwood i have him in st petersburg gallery and i've also organized and established exhibitions for him all around the world in Metropolitan Museum in Tokyo, in the Grand Palais Museum in Paris, the Oxford Tower in London. I have a lot of, because I've had so much time in this industry, I've met a lot of great people, have a lot of great connections, not only with clients, but with galleries and museums. And so, again, I serve as a springboard for emerging to mid-career artists to be able to exhibit in places like that. When I take a, an artist and I represent them, I not only put their works on the wall and just wait until somebody comes in to see it, I promote them on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook, and through our own videos. And then I also open doors for them in Europe, in London, in Paris, and You know, in different places. I had a world tour organized not too long ago, and what I did was I organized with My collaborator, Vito Abba, which lives in Florence and has a gallery in Florence, and he takes care of the European and Asian market over there. We work together, we've been working together for like six years, he's really great, and we organized this world tour, it's called the World Vision Tour, and what it was basically was a group of artists from here, from the United States, and we had seven countries that we exhibited in museums and galleries, and then to finish here during Art Basel here in Miami. Unfortunately with this COVA, the two last places, which was the Museum Boliviano in Colombia and the OXO Tower in London, have not been we had to stop the, the world tour. So the, the tour is on limbo. However, it will continue somehow. We'll, we'll be able to fulfill it. And artists get very excited about that because when you have one of the business parts of the of being an artist that's important for your the value of your work is not only the work it's also your background your provenance of the art and your curriculum vitae and it's very impressive for a client to see you know you've exhibited at the grand palais museum or in paris right. you've shown at the metropolitan museum in tokyo that clearly says about it gives credibility to your work and it also impresses the client and also it's an investment in your career all of these you know the travel and shipping to all of these countries are very expensive and so all of this adds value to to the artwork
1: yeah that so must be it, really it, rewarding to work with those entrepreneurs and and artists you know we we work with a lot of students who are have an art an interest in art or an artistic ability and would you say, you know, you said that one of the things that's really helped you was that your father required you almost to get a business background. Do you think it's do you think it's worthwhile for almost any artist to have some sort of training in business and marketing and finance?
0: I think it's imperative. I think it's imperative. I think that it I think that an for some artists, not all, because some artists are everyone is individual as the art is individual and if an artist has the ability to study art to study business or to have some kind of business background it will only help them even if they don't use it but if they have a representative that's that is trying to guide them they will have a little bit better understanding of what the business aspect of it because art is a business it is a business and if you don't if you don't treat it as a business you'll be a starving artist. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there are many starving artists. And the reason that there are many starving artists is because they don't have a business background or because they're not taken up by a business or guided by someone with business background. With that
1: kind of background. Mm
0: -hmm. It's very, very important. However, saying that, I've met hundreds of artists and there are some artists that just don't get it as far as the business. Their brain doesn't have the capacity to understand it. They need somebody to take that part away from and They have to find somebody that they can trust and that they can allow to fulfill that so that they can spend all of their time creating. Uh, So everyone is individual. Not everyone is the same. Not everyone. I have artists that are like myself, probably like your mom. I mean, I have artists that I represent. One that comes to mind is actually exhibiting in in St. Petersburg, Lenore Robbins. I've been representing her for 15 years maybe. And she does very, very well. She's brilliant. She's a great marketer. She really is very diligent on all of the paperwork that needs to be done. Her work is meticulous, category, photographs, all of the things that a gallerist would want and need and makes the gallerist's life easier she does it and a lot of and when you have a business background those things are very easy when you don't i mean i get artists that bring me artworks i have to write on papers that the art has to be dry oh, that it wow. has to be signed <laughs> that it has to have you know there are certain things that are maybe logical for me but for an artist is oh i want to get it out and they're walking out the door and they're finishing little right. details right So, and that's part of being an artist. You're creative, you think outside the box. I understand that. So it is rewarding. You said it must be very, it's extremely rewarding. And it's rewarding to know that I can show, or I can, by power of example, I can let artists know that you can live from your art you can you can certainly survive from your art you can flourish from your art it is a business you can make a lot of money i live very well i travel the world i live very well and i live from my art and from my business and i think through the power of example a lot of artists come to me and they say oh how have you done this you know and it takes it's not easy. Like anything that's worthwhile is not easy, but it can be done. You yeah. don't have to be a starving artist.
1: Right, right. And I love that message because I think a lot of people can't quite fit those two together. And so it's really it's really encouraging to hear you talking about it. You know, it seems to me as an artist, just like anybody who's doing anything innovative, you have to be able to handle rejection and you, some, you have to be resilient. And that's something that we talk, to students about a lot, can you comment on oh. resiliency and challenges yes. and, and yes. do you have any suggestions for how young, yes. young entrepreneurs yes. and artists deal with that?
0: You know, in the arts, being an artist, I'm going to tell you my personal experience in the beginning when I first, the first time that I was going to show my work, I actually went to therapy for six months because I didn't want to, the art is a part of me, it's an extension of me, it's something that very personal that I'm going to show, one part of me that I'm going to show to the public, open for criticizing, for ridicule, for, you know, all different types of, you know, opinions. And I was really, I didn't want people not to like me, we all as humans, we want everybody, we want people to like us, you know, we want to be likable, We we want to get, you know, accolades and Positive comments. We don't actually like to anybody to say oh, that's garbage. You know what you're doing We don't want that so I was very scared and out of the six months of therapy and a lot of money that it cost me What I got out of it was that the artwork is like your nail your fingernail or a little part of you Not everybody's gonna love you. Not everybody's gonna hate you I'm going to tell you a little story that happened in the first gallery in my first exhibit and I was showing there I was nervous. I was sweating. I had five or six pieces and it was in a gallery here in Miami, and it was for an emer- emerging artist. And a gentleman came in and he said to me, he looked at my work and he said to me that he was a critic from a university, an art critic from a university. And he said that my artwork was a waste of paint. It was a waste of canvas. He said that I should definitely look into another form of business, of, of life, that I was never gonna make it as an artist. And he didn't use quite those words, he actually used more derogatory words,
1: which I'm not gonna repeat.
0: (laughs) And at first my Latin reaction was to, you know, say horrible things back at him, but I listened and I, I went inside myself and I started thinking about other artists that might have received critics like that. And I thought of Picasso, Degas, Rothko, Gauguin right. uh, and the list is so long of artists in art masters that had similar criticisms they were they la- was laughed at at his exhibitions you know Picasso you know he was trading his works for coffee and for wine and with Gertrude Stein I mean the history is so long of criticisms and so I I replied to him and I, I thanked him I said thank you so much for that negative criticism because if I have someone to look to are all of those masters like Picasso and like Rothko and like all these that were criticized also so I'm in the right boat so thank you so much. I thanked him for that. And it didn't end there because six months later this it was about six months or eight months later I owned my first gallery. And I had my exhibit and the same gentleman came in and he didn't know it was me because it had been a long time and I'll never forget his face. And he came in and he was with somebody else and he was talking in Spanish and he was saying that the composition of these works were brilliant and that you know the color <laughs> scan that he was going on and on with the you know the gallery jar the art critic mumble jumble that they said. And I thought I tapped him on the back of his shoulder and I said. You know my work has really changed a lot in 6 months because 6 months I did it wasn't worth the canvas it was sitting on and now I'm like this you know the composition is perfect and the colors are perfect and of course he didn't know it was me and then he realized what it was and it just showed me that you know you you have to have a thick skin you yeah. have to you know Wear it like a loose garment, you know? There are people that are going to be mean, and there are people that are gonna love your works, and there are gonna be hypocritical people, there are gonna be people that are gonna analyze your work. It's just part of dealing with the public, and it's part of the business, and you have to really just be yourself, and do what you, you know, feel what it is, and express your opinion, your point of view, and your work, and that's all that matters. Somebody once told me, in the beginning of my career, they said, When you die and you meet your maker, whoever or whatever that may be, and they ask you what you did with your divine talent, what will you be able to say? Will you be able to say, I shared it with the world? Because that is one of the most important things that an artist that's given this divine talent or this this creative ability, is not so much for sales and it's not so much for, it's more about sharing it with the world. Right. And if you're able to share it with the world, the sales will come, everything else, the accolades will come, the fortune and the, and everything else will come. When I have an artist that comes into me and they say, well, I need to sell this because you know, I that's a bad attitude. The attitude should be, you know, I'm going to exhibit, I'm going to show my work, I'm going to let a million people see it, you know, I'm going to let as many people see it as possible, because not everybody's going to love it. And not everybody's going to hate it. And there's going to be one person that's going to love it so much, it's going to have an emotional attachment to it, that's going to buy it. And that's the cherry on the cake.
1: Yeah. So yeah, you know, I think the
0: worst thing an artist could do is not show their work.
1: Yeah, it reminds me of that quote, I don't remember who said it or exactly how it went, but something like life's too short to live somebody else's life and so I think you have to be authentic and be willing to be authentic as an artist and and you're right that means that sometimes you're gonna and it's it's a very emotional difficult thing but I'm guessing that you know as somebody who's in the art community that you can that you provide some of that support for the artists that you work with and others have for you to kind of lift you up and help you through those times, so I think having a safety net can be important and right now we're we 're a few months into this covid nineteen pandemic, which has been really a, a very challenging time for all of us and it's i think it 's been kind of inspiring to see there 's certainly been a lot of loss and a lot of pain, but there, it's kind of inspiring to see the way people have come together. Has you know, how has this affected your business and your artists this whole pandemic?
0: It has been a huge challenge. I'm going to tell you that Winwood area is like a lot of the areas, of St. Petersburg, we close. we had to close immediately because we can't deal with the public. We're not a food industry that people can pick up on the curve. (laughs) So we sell luxury items that people are not really looking at right now. So we are really suffering in the sense that I think that one of the last things that people are thinking about is buying art right now in this moment. However, I think it's changing a little bit, but I think that in any, in any situation, in any bad situation, there's always a way of spinning it to some people can make money on it. Like right now, obviously, delivery services, Amazon, and all different types of, of services are doing very, very well. They're flourishing. I have a gentleman that I work with that does acrylic. He does acrylic furniture and stuff, and he's shown me how to work with laser cutters, and I collaborate with him a lot. And he's doing amazing because he's doing these plastic masks, the hospitals right. And, and right, the shields, and he's doing all this other stuff that he normally doesn't do but is part of you know what he can do. And I think that that... That is, you know, not everybody makes money or not everybody has challenges when there is a challenging situation. It just goes around. When we had, back in 2008, 2007, when when the market was really, really bad, I made a fortune because everybody that was foreclosing their apartments and their buildings uh, were being purchased by... Foreigners of 10 cents on the dollar, and the foreigners only want to decorate their apartments with original artwork that's reasonable because they may only be here three months out of the year. So I was selling to all of those things. I those those years were really great to me Uh because I owned in on. Well, everybody's having a problem. Not everybody's buying, but who is buying? Well, it's the foreigners. They're purchasing. So I made deals with a lot of developers and a lot of people that were in foreclosure and. We did very well throughout that. This is a little bit different because this is something that's worldwide so it's affected our tour exhibitions, uh, travel which is Mm -hmm. a big thing for us because we have a lot of a lot of uh, clients from abroad uh, overseas. The good thing is the artists are are able to create new things in, in their studios. A lot of artists really create from their soul and from their from bad things that happen to them, from pain and from suffering. I'm not an artist that creates from pain and suffering. My life is great. I'm very colorful. You see my art, it's a big rainbow of color because I'm blessed. I have, you know, I'm always happy and I always find the glass is full. But a lot of artists really build from that suffering. And certainly there's a lot of suffering going on in the world right now. And so I've seen a lot of artists creating amazing things. And one, for instance, is one that you, I think you had mentioned or had read about Joshua Wingerder. And Joshua Winger is from New Orleans. And he's brilliant. He does pop graffiti type art. And what he did was he was walking around in New Orleans, and there were plywood big patches of plywood on all of the restaurants and bars. And he went around and he started doing his painting graffiti paintings on these big plywood billboards like that we're plastering on. And as you walk through the streets in New Orleans, it's basically a gallery of his works. Wow! And so a newspaper picked it up and he created a drive-through gallery. So not only did he create a drive-through gallery, which hasn't been done, once this is all over and those restaurants open, he may sell those pieces to the restaurant or to the bar. Or he may do a huge exhibition of these coronavirus inspired pieces of art. I mean, it's brilliant. It was a brilliant idea. He took a bad situation, he turned it around, and I was when he when I was watching, he was sending on Instagram what he was doing, and I thought, you know, I told him, I said, You're brilliant. This is this is exactly a typical artist that is really entrepreneurial and creative. He's extremely creative. I've sold a lot of his works. Joshua Wingertor he's amazing. Yeah. So, he's a, it's a great story because, you know, not everything is gloom and doom. I mean, we're surviving the world. I was thinking the other day about the masters in the re- Renaissance time, Mona Lisa or any of those any of the Renaissance paintings, how they've survived pandemics, epidemics, wars, all kinds of turbulence in right. the world right. and art always survives. So, if there's any solace to all of this, you know, and you're an artist, you know that your art will survive all of this. Yeah. You know, I, we may not survive. We may move on. We may die and go to another place, but but art is always going to be around and it's it's your legacy. It's what you leave behind. So it's, it's actually very rewarding to think
1: that. I love that. I love that. And you're exactly right. And, you know, interestingly, I'm an artist in a different way, but writing is one of my passions. And, I have found through this time the opportunity to write and to creatively express myself so I think there's probably some people that may have found that some that art brought them some comfort during this even if they're not able to produce something that anybody else would ever want to purchase or you know, if it has meaning, art can be a comfort. Also, I think the expression of art and I'm, yeah, I'm a believer in it. I'm
0: hoping that this, you know, that people don't become so totally scared and so totally oppressed by this, that we're able to move on from this. Right. Uh, My true concern with The way that this has all been handled is that, you know, we human beings, I think, are made to be interactive with other human beings. We need to touch. We need to hug. We need to be around other people. We're not human beings aren't made to be isolated and in a bubble. We definitely need interaction. And I think that the more time we spend away from everybody else, the more scared we become and the more difficult it is for the world to you know, become a normal place again. Right. Um, it is yeah. very scary. And, and I know that there's, you know, there's definitely, you know, a virus out there and all of that, but we can't live in fear. You know, if we live in fear, then that's not life. Right. Um, right. So I think that it's important to get perspective on this. And I believe, I truly believe, like I said, I always, I always feel the glasses half full. And I know that this two shall pass. And that it's going to be when people, you know, start coming out again and the business start flowing, I think that everybody's going to be ready to really, you know, get more art and feed and dine in beautiful restaurants and really be, you know, part of human society again.
1: Yeah, I think I agree with you. And and I think we have to stay optimistic and we can't let fear rule our lives because it it chokes out love, which is way more important. You know, I could talk about this all day, but I'd like to ask you, you know, we've got a lot of our listeners who are young students, many of them artists. And for those that are out there and they're trying to figure out how to break into, you know, commercializing their artwork, do you have a few words of advice for them? I mean, what's, where did they start with that?
0: Okay. I have taught in a couple of universities and colleges about art appreciation and also on how artists should approach galleries. I have quite a bit of experience with that on both ends. So the first thing I think is important that an artist has a body of work a body of work that they're willing to put out there. That's number one. Once the artist has a body of work, I don't necessarily agree with having a a whole style, but they have to have something that's cohesive, just like a line of designer wear or a couture wear. There has to be some cohesion of some sort, even if the subject matters are different or the styles are different. Maybe two or three or four pieces of each line so that when a gallerist looks at it says, okay, he's got three different directions, I may want to pick one or I may show the three or two of them. You know, it just, it gives me as a gallerist, when I look at an artist like that, I can see that the artist, there may be works that that will not work in my market, but there are other works that do. So an artist first has to have a body of work, minimum 12, 15 pieces that they're willing to show and that they're willing to, to put forth. They should search out galleries, look for galleries that have the same styles of works or the same Kind of feel. I always say when I go to a gallery, would I want my children? Because I look at my art like if they're my children, would I want my children in this home? And if you think that it fits in there, then it probably does. But you have to be, you know, you have to look at what's around. I have artists that come into my gallery and they don't even look at the artwork that's on the walls and they come to me and they say, can I show here? Or, you know, and that's not the way to approach a gallery. First, you need to see if it's good for you as an artist. Look around the gallery, see what the gallery is. Do your homework. Has the gallery just opened, or has the gallery been around for a while? My experience has not been good in the beginning when I've shown in galleries that have been new, and then they close in the middle of the night and take my works and never hear from them again. So you Mm -hmm. have to be careful on where you're showing and who you're showing with. So it's important to have a body of work. It's important to do your homework. Does your artwork fit in the gallery? Then how long has the gallery been in operation? Okay, once you have those three things, then make an appointment. Do not walk in with your portfolio to a gallery. Because even though as artists, we think that we're the center of the world and nobody else is doing anything and everybody Mm -hmm. has to adhere to ourselves, and I include myself in that because I have to watch that, you have to respect the fact that a gallery is a running business. The gallery, even though the gallery is showing and representing artists, that they have their own schedules. So call the gallery or email the gallery. Find out what their submission process is. There are different submission processes. Some they want them online. We do submission process online. Some will make an appointment, they wanna see your portfolio. Some they ask you for your your website. There are all different types of galleries and all different types of way to submit your art. Find out, don't walk into a gallery because you're 99%, you're putting yourself in a situation where a gallerist is gonna say, you don't take walk-ins. You're just setting yourself up for a rejection.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: As an as a gallerist and as an artist, I sometimes if my schedule is not really really busy, I may take in a walk-in that'll come in and I'll talk to them a bit because I remember what it's like and I know that there's no school that you can go to to learn this. People don't teach they don't teach this in school. You have got to learn by getting hit on the head, you know, a couple of times. But the reality is that the best thing is You know, find out what the gallery's submission process is. Do they want a portfolio be sent into the gallery? Do they want used to be with slides? People don't use slides anymore. Everything's online and and with kind of, you know, online submissions. Or there are different types of galleries. So find out. Also, let the, you know, have an idea of if you're an emerging to mid-career artist, no matter how good your work is, it's impossible to think you're going to get $100,000 for the painting that you just made because a lot of the, the pricing is very important. And pricing doesn't always, isn't always equal to the amount of work or the amount of talent you have. Mm-hmm. It has a lot to do with your background. Unfortunately, this is our business. So you have to start from the bottom and you have to work your way up the ladder it's a process it's a slow process it doesn't happen overnight you have to be consistent you have to be persistent and you have to have the passion for it the business of art is a little bit different i say to people you know in most businesses everything is black and white and in the box and in the art business it's very abstract and very there are so many different shades of color and there's so many different ways of doing of having this business so in one way it's it's a really, Great because there's an opportunity for so many different colors. However, there are certain criterias and certain things that one has to follow. The respect that one has to follow for the gallerists and for the representatives. So that's kind that's, of that's that, kind of one of the things, a couple of things that I help with the artists.
1: That's really great advice. Thank you yeah. for sharing that. I think that's like you said. The, a lot of times those things aren't taught in education, and you have to learn them the hard way. So thank you for sharing that. You know, I could continue this conversation forever, but I know you've got things to do and a lot of work to get, hopefully get your galleries back open when you can soon. And, but I would like to ask you, William, before we close, if there was one piece of advice that you would leave with our listeners, you know, future and early stage entrepreneurs and artists, what would that be?
0: Don't let go of your passion. Don't let anybody put you down. Don't let anybody tell you you can't do it. If you feel it in your heart. Follow your heart, follow your dream, and it will come true. You just have to be persistent, and it will happen. Art is a beautiful thing. It's a divine inspiration, and you shouldn't let it go. I mean, I certainly would have lost a lot had I not pursued what, I've always, what I always wanted to do from a little boy. It took me some time. I'm 60 years old now, so it took me some time to get here. But for the past 20 years, I've been living my dream. I am very very happy of what I'm doing. It doesn't always, it's not always on the top. It's like a roller coaster. Like in any business, you have your ups and you have your downs, but that's part of business and that's part of life, you know, and you should definitely follow your dreams, be passionate about it and don't let go. Just just go for it.
1: I love that. Thank you. That's wonderful, Mm -hmm. wonderful advice. William, where can our listeners find out more about your galleries and about you and your art?
0: Well, obviously we're online. We have a website and it's artfusiongalleries.com. And if you'd like to contact me directly, it's William Bramer at artfusiongalleries.com. I look at my emails. I'm hooked up all the time. So it doesn't matter what time of day or night it is. I always get my emails and that's a great way of contacting me. I welcome emails or questions to everybody, anybody that I can help or lend a hand to. I certainly will. I also have my own website with my work and it's williambramer.com. My websites are in the process of changing a little bit, and now is a time that we're doing a lot of different things. So we, you know, we're op- we're opening up portfolios for artists uh, online because it's not available. Not everybody's available to be on in the gallery. So we're doing a lot of different things. We're changing a little bit, and this we're in a changing process. We're in a growing process. Sure.
1: So But sure. you can
0: definitely get in touch with me. with William Bramer at Art Fusion Galleries.
1: Thank you, William.
0: You're welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. It was a pleasure talking to you.
1: It was fun.